Welcome to Survivor Cast International. I'm Cody. I'm Jacqueline. And today in the pod, we're talking Survivor 42, parentheses Survivor USA, right? No. Slash Survivor America, not international. Episode number seven. Not international. You sound like a robot, kind of. The intense. Beep boop. Not, not international. international. Survivor America. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> R.I.P. James Brown. So, before we jump into the episode <laughs> this week, Jackie... Oh no, you, you've been teasing me all week that there's some Survivor news that I won't be pleased with that you have to tell me. It's it's interesting. I just want to see your thoughts on it. If I told you one of the castaways were the child of an anti-vax doctor and Trump supporter... Tori? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who shares his views online <laughs> so that I mean, was really easy in both and there's another thing another castaway but in both stories it's it's more proximity and there's lots of talk of like tori probably had to be immunized to come on the season or to even be in fiji yeah but, like, it's interesting that that in mind, she is, like, sharing her dad's, like, stop the pandemic, you know, masks are a lie. Huh. And I think maybe he's definitely a Trump supporter as oh, well. Gosh. Now, on the other hand, we also have... I'm really glad it was actually Tori, because I'd feel a little bad if I responded that quickly with Tori if it wasn't her. Someone's the son of a deep South senator mm. who's very anti-gay rights like there's a video online from right when gay marriage was legalized and this guy's really father is this, huh? uh, or this castaway's father is uh like very anti-gay voting stuff don't know if this person's views align I'll, <laughs> I'll give it away right here in their audition video they show footage of them being a bodyguard at an event for Roy Moore, who is a Republican candidate who's been credibly accused of like sexually harassing or doing sexual things with like 14 year olds and some very young girls. Oh, no. So it's a little strange just to like knowing that Roy Moore has that reputation to like include footage of you bodyguarding at his event in your audition tape but it's also like you know just a gig um you're so overcome by this news that you're choking on emotion um and the same thing, it's like it's like his father is the senator he's not the senator is it jonathan it's definitely jonathan it is oh jonathan, no yes. how jonathan no they've been pizza ducked you know, you become beloved on a TV show, and then all, it's it's a it's a that's heartbreaking. It's a chalice of modern life, right? That like is heartbreaking. Everything about you, anything you've put online, your views will become to light, and you can get canceled. 
But we love Jonathan. He's just adjacent to some bad stuff and maybe made a bad choice. But it did make me think, should we do a bonus episode where we watch audition videos for the people to (gasps) go? Can we see them? I mean, I watched part of Jonathan's and it's very interesting. Oh, I would love to. We should do a a watch along to audition videos episode. Oh, hell yeah. We'll make a playlist of them. That's super great. Yeah, we should do it. Okay, we will. Okay, so that's, yeah, I just, you know, I don't think anything is too damning necessarily about either of them. It sparks an interesting debate of how much do you want to know about these people outside of what they do on Survivor? Mm. Should you even ever look into it? Or should it just be what they do on Survivor? Or is that silly? And it's like, no, these are people they've chosen to go on a TV show Mm -hmm. and put themselves in the public spotlight. And it's fair game because they're they're real people. You should think of them as real people when you talk about them, right? And say things about them, like on our podcast. And they have, so their baggage is a part of that, maybe. But I don't, it's complicated, right? It is complicated. Yeah. Hmm. I, uh, yeah, feel really sad for poor little Johnny Tory. It's so funny that you knew it was Tory immediately. Oh, and then immediately felt very sad. I'm like, okay, is it? Mike, no, Mike's not, definitely not Mike. I mean, I think it's just like he's um, trying to show that he's like been a bodyguard for political, known political people, like in yeah. world leaders and shit. It's maybe like if you had any other photo, any mm-hmm. other person to, Yeesh. is it telegraphing something that that's the person you chose to, like this embattled, very controversial, deep South Republican senator? I mean, maybe. I don't know, Jonathan. Seems like he's got a lot of love. But... Yeah, I mean, just because your family is one way. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. He is it's a hard. white guy with like dreads as well. I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, okay, so episode seven. We start off with merge. Congratulations all around, right? Like we've finally we're firmly merged now. All the shenanigans are over with the merge. But we also have Tori, Chanel, Romeo, and Marianne who are coming back from this vote being on the wrong side of the vote, not necessarily like being on the outs of like alliances, but definitely not being included in on the votes. Mike makes this comment that like, okay, voting out Lydia was the best thing for my game and my alliance, but all these people on the outs, like you're saying, are scurrying around like rats under a spotlight when we come back. Well, Chanel and Romeo are definitely spazzing out. Who is it? I think it's, is it Chanel who says that she's realizing that she's been playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers? Yeah. It's an interesting thing to say. Is it maybe the opposite? I think it's maybe the opposite. Here's what I think she's saying. I think she's like, she's saying that she's been over intellectualizing the game. Right. Like trying to make things too complicated when people are just like going for it. Just getting, but I don't know if that really makes any sense. I don't think so either. Yeah. Uh, Well, I mean, no, I edit that because what happens near the end of the episode leading up to the vote out, like. And regarding Romeo? And her. I mean, I, I'm i going to write this down to revisit this We'll near put the a end. pin in it. That's good. Do you want a, just a sticky pad? So you yes. Don't... I, no, I don't need it. I got space right here. Okay, I'll move on. So, yes, but Chanel and I just generally feel very left out. Romeo is very fussy and paranoid with Drea. Pushing Drea away, being like, you need to tell me what your vote's going to be. You got to be keeping me informed because I'm your... And, like, it's not a good look. He's just very emotional. He's just spazzing. It's not good. No. He does that a couple times this episode. Well, and it's also, like, Romeo 
you were giving vibes that indicated why we felt like we couldn't tell you about this vote. And now you're just clearly confirming those vibes that we were getting. And just pushing away your alliance. Mm-hmm. And then Marianne's just crying. Being comforted by Lindsay, a queen. Hashtag mm-hmm. a queen. But uh, yeah, she talks about how she feels like she sucks. She's and at like the bottom. like something wrong with her. Talks about those like uh. elementary school feels coming back. Something that... I, you know, I, as a 30 year old man, it's too easy to be like eye rolly at that. And you have to like check yourself mm-hmm. and like, and then at the same time, it's like, of course, everyone like probably can relate to that feeling as well. I also need to remember like <clears throat> Marianne's what, like 20, She's 19. Young. Yeah. So it's like, she doesn't have a lot of life experiences or touchstones beyond that. It's also tough to be like a young person in this environment and to like feel excluded. It, you know, to, to be the person on the outs, to be the person who's not clicking and in the like popular alliance. That's tough. It is. And she is weird. She knows that she's weird. She knows that she's quirky. You have to commend her to an extent for just owning it. And that's like, this is who I am. And like, oh, but that doesn't jive with everyone. And that's difficult. Well, and also it comes with this perception, right? Like, Marianne strategically has pointed out that she does a lot of listening and a lot of like waiting for other people to throw things out. Mm -hmm. But like she talks a lot. So Marianne, people are going to have the perception that if you're told a plan that's want to be kept quiet, that it might make its way out there, especially like knowing how close that she is with Tori. Like Marianne and Tori talk a lot and wanting to keep this like, votes away or out of like the ear of certain people that will blow things up. Like even if you're not talking mm -hmm. about plans or strategies all the time, if you're just like the talkative person, people might have that that perception. A hundred percent. Um, okay, have we talked about that they're now the Kalau Kalau or Kula Kula tribe? Kula Kula. Kula Kula, Kula, Kula tribe? Kula Kula. Kula Kula. That's what they say. That's fun. That, like, the naming of the tribe and the fact that they're, like, apparently going to paint a flag is just, like, stuff that you kind of get hints of but is firmly left out of the edit. I feel like earlier on Survivor, that was, like, part of the deal, right? Like, you watch them paint and make the flag and name the tribe, but that's not the case so much. No, maybe it's just something that they feel you don't need. Yeah. Which I I don't know. I guess I don't mourn the lack of it too much, but it's interesting that it's hinted at without really being further expounded upon. 100%. Mike? Discount at Denny's crew. Yes, representing the 55-plus... Mike is very likable. Hashtag mm-hmm. gaze for Mike. The whole gaze for Mike hashtag mm-hmm. that continues to go for him on Twitter. Well, he like further ingratiates us all to him as he like asks to know more about Omar and his faith and being a Muslim and what that means and how you experience that. Yeah. Asks Omar if you can observe him praying and Omar's like, yeah, it's all good. Just can't be in front of me. And like, you have this nice shot of, them doing this thing and Omar explaining it. Pretty cool. I would be happy with Omar or Mike winning, I feel like. And I feel like Mike is just like going hard for fan favorite. Not like he's purposely Angling doing for it, but yeah, he, but just like he's the perfect candidate, right? Everything absolutely. he does makes him more lovable. I'm worried that the lovability of Mike, Jonathan, and Omar is gonna overshadow like Drea in this season. 
I feel like this is not the right season for Drea, but she is amazingly strategic and smart and fantastic. This episode even further just highlights that, right? I am last episode. I'm like, damn, Drea just fucking called that twist. And she always knows what's going on. I, I was not the vibe of the season. And Uh, I, I, I'm really like, I wish so much Drea had been on season 41. It's always a conversation going online of like who gets the love and who gets the love from who and how much like defense do your Jonathan's and Tories get and mm-hmm. everyone like I saw a lot of talk of both like white people being in love with Jonathan just because he's a white dude and then also a funny conversation of like don't over sexualize Jonathan because you know that's just as bad as over sexualizing a lady just funny all the discourse going on so much but like I it is a fair worry that maybe some of these other people will overshadow a really amazing player like Drea. Yeah. That's my, that's how I'm feeling about this season right now. But Drea's great. I love Drea. Mm-hmm. Another throwback thing that kind of happens is they get tree mail. Doesn't, I don't know. You know, it feels like that doesn't happen all the time. Did it happen yes. in 41? Yeah. Probably. Uh, Tori makes this comment that she's exciting for like eating to be available because people talk more when they're eating and she can exploit that. Her like classic pop psychology type shit she's always thrown out there. Yep. My response in my notes was, can Tori go next? I'm so over her. Like, I just like Tori brings a vibe that I feel like is not. It's not. It's not like a strategically exciting villain to watch it's just like a meh i don't like how you're interacting with others in the season i don't love how yeah i don't love tori's gameplay so far she's not doing it for me i know (laughs) so okay and then we get this moment another jeff talking to the camera uh last season in 41 at the same challenge there's a hidden idol clue hidden beneath the bench that nobody found right so he's revealing its location again to the audience before the challenge begins and he's like i hope they find it i won't only only be disappointed but i'll be a little bit sad Mm -hmm. really yucking it up uh yeah and when they describe this (laughs) challenge i like I'm so thankful daniel has been voted out oh gosh there's no way he would have been able to do this no like what what would they have done with him like he jumping have, off of he a, would have had to pray that he gets the gray rock or he would have i don't switched. know switched he would have done what drea does here maybe okay maybe. so they're gonna be playing for some peanut butter jelly time and chips and chips they have to leap into the water they have to move a ball through the water through a water obstacle course yeah it's like a buoy attached to a rope yeah yeah not really a ball you're correct and then uh, they have to toss balls into a basket. I think five. Yeah. And so like one person's in the water can retrieve any balls that get lost. And then another person is shooting and you can switch out and shit, of course. But that's, so there... that's the final stage, the shooting of the buoys or balls. Exactly. There's like five balls per team because there's five players per team. Each person maneuvers the buoy through it. And then whoever can shoot those into the hoop. Which is like a floating basket in the water. Yes. All right, so they draw rocks to split into two teams, and one person will draw a gray rock and not participate and not be eligible for the PB snack. and J or, yeah, chips. Initially, Marianne draws the gray rock. Yes, and the two teams were going to be 
on blue, Jonathan. Well, let's just talk about this first, and then okay. it's easier to break down the two teams okay, cool. just as what they end up being. Nice. <laughs> uh, Marianne, or yeah, Dre is like, I don't fucking like peanut, peanut butter. butter and jelly, so I would be happy to switch with Marianne if she wants. Mm. Marianne's response is fucking, well, well, I'll do a favor. Like, Marianne, what are you doing? Just fucking be like, thank you, Drea. Yeah, like, sure, Drea. Like, if you want to, Marianne, but don't make it a big show of like, oh, well, I'll do her a favor. It comes like... across like either Marianne is doing a bizarre power play where she can't just allow Drea to do something nice. She has to whip it or swip it, turn it into her doing something nice for Drea. Or it just feels like Marianne has zero, like, social awareness. Yeah. I'm not sure which is going on or which comp percentage of which is happening here. Marianne just, I think, doesn't pick up on social cues at all. And she gets, like, a little bit prickly and fussy with people sometimes at moments that do not behoove her. Absolutely. So they swap. And then we've got the blue team. Jonathan, Chanel, Roxroy, Tori, and Mike. Versus the orange team. Marianne, hi, Romeo, Lindsay, and Omer. So yes. to start, because it's like one person from each uh, tribe diving in at the same time, racing through the course. Yes. It's Lindsay against Jonathan. Which, I mean, they dive in and it is insane. It's a beautiful shot, honestly. Yes. Jonathan has this amazing swan dive. And Lindsay also has great form and does a nice dive. Here's the thing. Lindsay is a fucking amazing component in this challenge. But because she goes up against Jonathan, it totally overshadowed. It's the type of challenge where Jonathan can't, like, he can't win it for his tribe. No. He can do really well at his chunk, mm. but then someone else does the obstacle, right? Okay, right. I guess <laughs> he can only, there's pockets. There's his beginning through the obstacle course and then the very end where he can, like, shoulder the whole thing, right? But then Maybe. there are yes. other aspects where he 100% cannot be, right? There's other people moving yeah, through the course. Yeah, there's four other people that have to get their balls through the course. So it's smart to have him go first. And yes, he does beat Lindsay, but Lindsay really holds her own against mm-hmm. Jonathan in a, an admirable way incredibly impressive i mean he's fucking like holding the buoy with one hand and then swimming so like as fast as she is as she's just kind of like pushing and bobbing along with both he is like aquaman in the water yes he's like flying through the water with one arm extended it's amazing to watch it's crazy it's crazy to watch him be just like an insane champion in the water after their run, other people start jumping in. Um, most do the feet first. Yes. Um, Marianne screams a bunch as she like ah, 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 as she's jumping in. Full on shrieking as she runs up to the approach to jump in. I guess it is a little bit high up. I might also be a little bit skittish. It's a big like, jump. Jeff is just always amused by Marianne. Not always commentating, but just laughing, chuckling at her ridiculousness. And half the time commentating. like <laughs> Is commentating a word? <laughs> Commenting? Is that the word? I don't know. We'll go with it. Um, Andrea fucking finds the advantage. Hell yeah. Yeah, she's just like smartly feeling around and then she tucks it into her pants as people start to come near her. And then she's kind of sitting in a way to conceal it. 
and really gets into cheering people on afterwards, which I don't know, maybe you should have like kept it more of an even keel instead of like spiking it up. Maybe Jeff's going to be proud of her though. Uh, Mike, I noticed is looking very fit at this stage of the game. Um, so, okay. Yeah. Blue or orange, orange gets everyone to the platform first and Omer, like you think he's going to fucking do it. He gets three in a row, like boom, boom, boom. Or was I it think four? four? He gets yeah, four the first in a row. four. And you're like, okay, it's done and it while, over. Meanwhile, Roxroy is shooting and not being successful whatsoever. They put Jonathan in the water thinking, okay, he's got such water skills. He'll rebound so quickly that'll save us all so much time. Right. Well, Roxroy can hopefully be a good shooter. And then it's like, I mean, I didn't expect Omar to be a fucking basketball savant. No. But yeah, he He's just doing sinks. like the granny two-handed fucking killing it. But it's working and Roxroy is struggling. And then Roxroy and Jonathan switch just as Omar misses his fifth basket. For the Hi- first time. Yes. High retrieves it. Omar shoots again and it pings off the rim and goes like far back. So that he has to swim for it. And, and then, then you watch Jonathan. It's heartbreaking. Just one, two, three, four, five, done. Doesn't miss a single beat. Jeff, like, around the third basket starts to be like, okay, they're back in it. It might be an amazing comeback. And And then then the minute after he's finished that (laughs) sentence, it's like, and they've won. Yes. Jonathan does this, like, chest out Superman dive into the water to celebrate. It feels like rubbing salt Uh... in in the wound. I like Jonathan. It maybe would have been a good move here to let Omar's team win to maybe like shoot three miss one because you're not superhuman. Let's remind people of that because you don't want to be a huge ass target. Also let Omar look like a fucking King here. And like, but I take that all back because Omar's a fucking shitty Alliance member to Jonathan. So yes, Nick's all, that whole thing. I think also Jonathan, as we will talk about a little bit when they start eating the food is just like so singularly focused on the fact that he needs food. He's like, yes. I'm a giant machine of a man and I'm not getting any fuel while also fucking doing a lot of these challenges almost single-handedly. I need some, I need some fucking peanut butter. A hundred percent. Okay, should we keep rolling or do you want to take a break? I think we roll up until immunity if you can. Oh, I love it. I love cool. it. So they come back to tribe and they've got paper bagged lunches just like mom used to give you Aww. with their PB and J and chips. And peanut or and just like the fucking like kettle chippies. That's what they look like. Yeah. yeah. Uh there's talk of the sandwiches oozing peanut butter and jelly. Apparently. And it's not like normal sandwich bread. It's like hearty, big, thick bread. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. And they're in like wax paper. Mike is like, I'm going to fucking lick this paper. No shame. Tori's like, you better, you better lick that paper, boy. <laughs> Jonathan just talks about how he usually eats four to 5,000 calories a day. So he is in desperate need of a sandwich. Yes. Um, Lindsay back at camp is kind of bucking up the losers, but everyone's in a pretty good mood. You know, she's like, we fucking rocked it. We were really, really great. We almost had them. Like Gives Omar, his deserved props. Yeah. Like, you were fucking on fire. Omar, you were Michael Jordan out there. Omar, Larry bird, uh, magic Johnson. And then we get this talking head of Omar being like, yeah, I just want to like build relationships with everyone. And I need to keep all my doors open. Yeah. His strategy is keep every door open. Don't close a single door. Fucking 
so pissed about this. It's very I'm interesting. I'm so sad that it went from Jonathan and Omar being ride and dies. And Jonathan is still holding up his sides of the deal. Yes. He's like 100% in for Omar. And Omar just could like give two shits about Jonathan. He's and just it breaks Mr. my heart. He's just Mr. Intel. He wants Ugh. to have a finger in every pie. I don't know if it's going to long-term work out. I wouldn't hate no. Omar winning. I like Omar. It's not going to happen, though. I guess if he can stay under the radar enough, possibly. But I, it just makes me really sad that I feel like he's not holding up his side of the friendship. Of the friendship. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's fair. They were supposed to be one superhuman together. Yeah, you're right. He's abandoned his half of the super. He's, uh, who is it? Uh uh, master Blaster. He's yeah. Master and Jonathan's Blaster. And like Blaster's doing a great fucking job and Master's just like, ah, I'm bored with you. But just like in Mad Max 3, the Thunderdome, fucking Blaster dies at some point and Master has to just reinvent himself as a whole new character just to fucking survive. And Omar, maybe he's jumping the gun, but he's jumping the gun. Similar situation. Okay, so Drea's 40, oh, Drea's clue to the advantage. Yes, she goes off and looks at, checks it out. <laughs> and it's like way worse than in 41. Wasn't it in 41 just like tied to a fucking branch by the it's like, yeah, it's well? Like, by, okay, here's where it is. It's a clue to where it's located it's five paces away from the wall of the well in a coconut yes it's fucking dr jacoby's office type shit there's fucking coconuts everywhere on the ground but then one's filled with fucking red paint yeah it's like she finds it's like a broken coconut she finds and then there's a hole beneath it and then inside that hole is a container filled with like paint or fake blood or some shit um, and it's like the whole thing is like, oh, you've been caught red handed with a power advantage. But then she. um, OK, so it's a whole thing of she can ask somebody for their. Do thing. you have an idol or do you have an advantage? And if they do, they have to say yes. They have to give it to you. Yes. That's what she now has. I, this is way like it was not like a container filled with fake blood so. last time. I think if you're going to do it, it should be something that full stop does not wash off really because why why i guess i don't know i mean she it gets it her in causes trouble. a fucking yeah. problem so yeah she she goes and washes it off and then she she now has an amulet the idol the an extra, extra vote, vote and the knowledge is power thing so yeah. drea's got like she's like fucking she's stacked got bling up. she's yeah a full bag of supplies i love it um, and then, yeah, she goes back to camp and Tori's like, oh, shit, Drea, you're like bleeding. There's some red stuff all over your arm. And Drea very sheepishly and kind of like demurely oh, I was trying to paint, but it, like the paint is really runny and there's like the paint hasn't been touched and no, the canvas Drea, has nothing so on dumb. it. Be like, oh man, I'm I when I was gathering wood, I must have scratched on a branch or something. I'm gonna I go didn't even rinse notice. this off and then yeah. come back and be like, it must have looked. I just bled a bunch. It was worse than I thought it, or it looked worse than it was. Yeah, type thing. And maybe give yourself a little scratch. You can maybe. scratch yourself a little bit. I it's hard in the moment, I guess, to think on your feet to that extent. Yeah, but it's gonna get you in trouble. So yeah, now Tori is totally keen on Drea and goes and tells Marianne. Which is up. So that's no good. Mm-mm. So now we're rolling into immunity. Let's take a quick break and we'll be back to trot it out. Mm-hmm. 
Welcome back to Survivor Cast International. Survivor America. Season 42. We're back from the break and we are talking the immunity challenge. We are back with episode seven. True. And a challenge that could really be any balls game. Any balls game. What does that mean? That's a balance a ball thing. Oh, okay. I truly didn't understand. No, what it you were wasn't saying. good. That's fine. It was good. It was good. So before that, though, we get a little talk from Probst to the camera talking about how he's going to make a deal with the tribe, how he's a monster. He's trying to get them to like sit out a certain number of people from the challenge, making them ineligible for immunity in exchange for larger portions of rice. Yes. He said so, that... Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, he just he says that he'll take as low as four, but he's hoping to get six out. Right. What they're doing is they have a buoy and they have these two stocks these like ski poles these little sticks sticks that they're they have to like balance the buoy between the two sticks and there's little grooves in the buoy that the sticks kind of rest into right and they are also balancing on like a balance beam one foot in front of one foot one foot in front of the other someone's been watching too much canadian television one (laughs) foot Um, yes they're like on a perch yes so, okay, the bargaining begins. Chanel throws two people out and is countered at nine by Jeff. He's Everyone's like, oh, nine's a nine, non-starter. And he's like, well, so is two, you stupid You fucks. told us to bargain, Jeff. You told us to bargain. It's kind of a funny exchange. How about four? How about three? How? Well, they go three, and then they're met with six from Jeff. Um, and Tony, at that point, is just flat out like, I am not sitting out. I'm going to compete. I came here to play. I'm not sitting out. And that's where they're like, okay, well, let's huddle up. Who would be willing to sit out? Marianne, Lindsay, Drea are kind of people that are like willing to. And then Marianne gets emotional and she's all like, I'm in a bad position and I'm begging you to sit out. Somebody, surely somebody in a better position than me would be willing because we all got to eat. And then cue her talking head. Where she's like, oh, I'm using emotions as a weapon. Do you think that she was actually being strategic with her emotions there? Or do you think that that was an afterthought as a, like, reasoning for them? I don't know. I don't know. How do you feel about that moment? Both her getting emotional and her talking head afterwards. I mean, I guess it did feel a little contrived. It did her emotionalness of, like, I'm so hungry and... I don't know. I don't know. I I guess you could even argue that it could be strategic and using emotions as a weapon, even if they are genuine emotions. It doesn't, the two don't have to be mutually Mutually exclusive necessarily. I get you. I guess I don't hate it. It worked. You know, I got someone else to sit out. So I guess at the end of the day, it was effective, if nothing else. That's someone else being Omer. Omer, he looks like he's really like a little bit reluctant to do it, but he's kind of ride or die for Marianne. Yes. Um, Jonathan makes this big at like, oh, thank you guys. I'll make it up to you. I promise. Now that seems disingenuous. Yeah. Like, how are you going to make it up to them? What, what would be making it up to them? 
You know who? Okay, so then the challenge begins. You know who really impressed me? This challenge. Hi. Hi. Did Hi really <laughs> impress you? Are you super glad Hi didn't sit out yep. for the common good? I think it was a smart move on Hi's part to not earn brownie points with his tribe and really go for broke on that immunity challenge that he had a big chance of winning. Lindsay, on the other hand, had a little more self-awareness. And it's like, uh... and as we spoke about, it's like, I'm not going to do good at this. And she's immediately willing to sit out. Yes. And then it's like, no one really gave her kudos for it because she too quickly was willing to. A hundred percent. Roxroy, you know, quick on, quick on high as heels. Yes. Uh, and then it's like Roxroy, Mike, and Romeo. Yes, the pretty three of them. Quick, the three dominoes. It's pretty funny that these gentlemen were like really against sitting out, and they go so quickly. I mean, it's just Jonathan Chanel. This is all before the ten minute mark. Yes, before the ten minute mark, it's just Jonathan Chanel and Tori. Right. Um, Tori's got a little bit of wobbly going, but she recovers. Jonathan gets very wobbly and recovers. Mm -hmm. And then Chanel just out of nowhere is out. Yes. Um, Jonathan is doing like a bunch of good saves in a row. And it's like, that makes you look worse to them or more of a threat. Almost. Like, yeah. instead of being there stable, the ability to like bring it back is definitely something that's coming up as more of a threat. It definitely speaks to your physicality that you're able to bring it back from those like intense almost losing it. People like, I don't know if it's it continuing to build his target, but people are continually impressed with Jonathan. All the time. Every episode, someone's talking about it. We're talking about it every episode. It's impossible not to talk about. 100%. Um, so I did notice that Tori is holding her ball a little bit differently. She has a real light touch yes. with the sticks not jammed into the indents, almost like chopsticks, the way she's holding it. Mm. And I don't know, maybe it helps. You don't have as much pressure. So when you start to lose, maybe it doesn't like pop out as much. Okay. I don't know. But it seemed like she had a real light touch and that seemed to be effective for her. And it seems like balance is a pretty good game for Tori. Yes. She seems to do that well. So Jonathan falls out. Honestly surprised at how well Jonathan did, you know, considering his size and Agreed. I think it speaks to like that he has he's not just a big lunk. He like he probably has like really good core. He's probably physical like overall. A yoga dude. Absolutely. He seems like it kind of, right? Yes. But uh, yeah, so Tori is the second one winning the second individual immunity is Make, the only person to win it, making her the second woman in Survivor history. Oh, really? To win the first two individual immunity challenges. Shit. So I'm pretty impressive, honestly. That's really impressive. Mace Bralica doesn't have that. She probably is vaccinated. Maybe she got a fake vaccine. Maybe. I don't know. She's doing know. something right. You can like buy vaccination cards or proof off the internet or whatever. <laughs> she got like a fake vaccine card. Yeah, 100%. Like Mike dies of COVID because of her. Fuck. I'm representing the 55 plus crowd. Well, they test negative. Sure. Tori is like a little bit of a dark horse challenge beast post merge in a way that is surprising. Um, Jeff mentions that there will now be 12 scrolls in the mm -hmm. shot in the dark. But your odds are the same. Uh, Drea is pissed off that Tori is safe and is now targeting Marianne, Chanel, or Romeo. Here's the thing that I thought, you know, it might be good that Tori is turning into such a challenge beast because 
it gives another purpose to keeping Jonathan around. True. Jonathan is the one, like the contender to beat Tori and everyone wants Tori out so bad. It feels like they have to keep Jonathan around until Tori's out. Maybe. Absolutely. No one's like vocalized that or anything like that, but that's just kind of how I'm feeling. It's a good thought. I think it's a really good thought. Mm-hmm. Coming back to camp. Uh, High speaks a little bit on how he loves Marianne and he's happy that she pleaded, but he's still targeting her. Um, and he's also targeting Chanel. Mike is a little bit silly and like he's like very hung up on the fact that Chanel has voted for him, although he's also voted for Chanel. Romeo is definitely like starting to spaz out. No, he's like, I'm not into Kumbaya vibes. He's just 100 percent like panicking. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Romeo. Besides, he's just like fucking freaking out all episode. Drea goes up to him and like, man, you're being like fucking crazy. You got to fucking like chill the fuck down. He's like a spurned lover. You don't even look at me anymore. He says to Drea. Don't be a paranoid little bitch. You got to settle down, Romeo. Yeah. Not a good look. He's going to get himself fucking ousted out of the game. Mm -hmm. Um, And High gets extremely annoyed at Romeo. His whole thing about like. Romeo is chaos, and with that chaos, it disrupts my ability to have, like, a hand on the wheel. So he's got to get the fuck out of here. But then High starts causing chaos because they have a vote established, but then he starts trying to swap it to Romeo because Romeo's rubbed him the wrong way with his paranoia. So here is where I noted from earlier on in the episode when Chanel talks about pe- playing chess when everyone else is playing checkers, okay, like as soon as Romeo starts like f- getting paranoid, everyone's like down to scramble or whatever. It feels like a very like rushed hoppy game, right? Versus the like long thought out plan where Chanel actively talks about like, hey, I know I'm on the chopping block, but I'm just gonna keep quiet and listen and not be annoying and not like push anything because I don't want to be on anyone's radar right now. It's a really interesting insight. I mean, because it she is maybe playing a more deliberate game where everyone else is playing a little bit more of a reactive game, mm-hmm. like you're saying. Mm, that's a good thought. Um, Mike is just not into the Romeo vote. No, not at all. He feels spurned by Chanel and is not willing to let that go. He's hung up. He's got to vote for Chanel. He wants Chanel to go. And he's also just irritated at High being too reactive. And this, oh, we had something figured out. It's no good. He feels a little bit that like their alliance to Roxroy will be at stake if they now switch it to Romeo. That it's going to freak out Roxroy. Well, and then others start to feel like, okay, we're going to alienate Mike if we do go for... Um, high or for Romeo. Yes. So like that plays a role in things as well. Mike just straight up tells Roxroy and Jonathan not to change their vote, to stick to the Romeo plan. Things are basically just like a fucking shit show at camp. Absolutely. And with that chaotic vibe, we head to tribal. Yes, we do. Uh, it's rainy at tribal. It's a rainy night. Not unlike tonight, Jacqueline, when they were at tribal. I just feel like I wouldn't want to be in alliance with high. I feel like he really jumps ship from people when they start to like. Yes. Like he fucking turned on Lydia, who was his ride or die. He like 
Romeo is talking and he like wants to cut his neck. Like I know. I feel like Hai is not a good alliance member for you. And I love him, but he's got stink oh, face. Right? Yeah, I love Hai. I love Hai too, but he has like he's his face, he always looks so fussy and like his like nose upturned, like he's so displeased at what's happening. Maybe it's the dreary weather. Maybe. He looks like an unhappy grandma sometimes. <laughs> So Jonathan calls Jeff, Mr. Jeff, classic of hashtag course. Mr. Jeff. Uh, hi is hi is just like clearly talking about Romeo, right? When somebody starts to get sloppy and gets starts to get too paranoid, I'm just like fucking vote him out. And Romeo's like looking at like, him like, "What are you talking about, man?" Obviously, you're talking yes. about me. But then Drea also is like, yeah, when people get too paranoid, sometimes it just might cost you. You're like, oh, I've only known this person so many days. And like my mama said. They're not not family, (laughs) Drea. Hey, Drea. The specter of family. (laughs) Hashtag they ain't family. Uh, Yeah. And Romeo's just like, fuck, this does not sound like it's boding well for me. No. Mike says that he's good at reading people, that he can't do arithmetic or brain surgery, but he's street smart. Can't do math. I know two plus two is five, but you know, I see your face and I know it belongs on a street. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whoa, okay. You think that's what he means? Yep. I would let Mike do brain surgery on me. Hey. Uh, Dre, okay. Hashtag survivor road trip. Hashtag Jeff... survivor brain surgeon. Hashtag survivor brain surgeon. No, hashtag survivor road trip. Jeff's like analogy that he kind of runs into the ground. Yes, no. If You know, who's in the... Do you want to be behind the wheel? Are you in the car? Are you a passenger? What do you do if you realize you've gotten into the wrong car? Marianne's holding on to the bumper. Yes, he uh, he runs or drives with that analogy, if you will. He really so bad. drives with it. But, um, uh, yes, and when Marianne does make the like heightened, I'm not even in the car, Jeff kind of just ignores her. He's like, don't step on my fucking car. Right, shut up, Marianne. You don't talk. have to talk about everything. And Lindsay, Ann, Lindsay, Lindsay Ann. Lindsay, Lindsay is Ann. If Marianne and Lindsay combined. No, uh, we're just going to add Ann to everyone's name. Lindsay Ann. Yeah. Lindsay Ann is all like, uh, I'd just be asleep in the backseat, baby. And Thinking then. about token that doobie. Because she tweeted out. She tweeted a, a video of yes. 420 video. So I'm not just disparaging her. And Romeo's like, Romeo Ann is like, <laughs> you want to be driving, Jeff Ann. But you also <laughs> I need did not to know, know what the fuck I forgot about the answer. Like, what is what are you saying? But you also need to know when to be the co-pilot. Oh no, it's it's high. Hi. Oh, didn't I say hi? He said Romeo. And no, I didn't. Hi Anne at the very end. Oh, I li- did say Romeo Anne. You did. Did I? Hi. Hi Anne. Hi. At the very last I'm ending this bit. It's confusing. <laughs> at the very last minute, hi's like Jeff. Hi, Anne. Jeff, can I can I get in on this? Uh, yeah, you want to be driving, and if you're not driving, baby, you gotta have a seatbelt on, and if you crash, mm-mm, no good. Death. Uh, he kind of like he throws out something that's not really worth adding. No, not at all. And then, uh, okay, high goes to vote first. Um, I didn't fucking realize this, but like the pen is the fucking a fucking candlestick. Is it? Yes. What? Did you not notice this? I did not okay, notice. Okay, next episode when they go to vote, 
The pen is a fucking candlestick. Is it lit? No, it's like a fake candlestick that they pulled the base off of to reveal the pen. It should be a lit. Dumb. What if there were pens, if it's like a candle, but also a pen? Like, you can, like, write that. I don't know how that would work. No. It could work. I mean, you could use ash. Or, like, it's just they something like fire just ash. wax around a pen, essentially. You have to use your finger and fire ash. Okay, so they vote. And they come back. Yes. There are no idols or advantages played. No, no shot one. in the dark. Yes. Nothing. Nada. The votes come in. One for high. Ah. Three for Romeo. He's going to be paranoid as fuck now. It's not going to help his paranoia. Nope. Six for Chanel. Chanel does the fucking silent walkout. Mike is so happy. Um, hi, hi, does the love you, Chanel, which is a little patronizing. It is. Come on, you don't need to do that. No, Chanel is not giving it any. Like, I'm nope. Bye, peace. She's the first. Fuck you. First on the jury, though. Hell yeah. And there we go. That's episode seven. Hell yeah. Good stuff. I'm enjoying the season a lot. Are it's you? really fun. Now that we're at the jury portion, do you? And I mean, I had all bets on Daniel. Who do you think is going to win? I want Drea to win. I would fucking love Drea to win. I also don't hate Omer winning. Or Mike or Jonathan. Can you give me a top three? Yeah, my top three In are descending order, one to three. Number Drea, one being who you want to win the most. Drea, Jonathan, Lindsay. Okay, okay. I like that. I'm not going to, I'm going to try to not copy you. So keep that in mind that that is something I'm striving for in my rankings. I'm also fine with Mike winning. I'm going to put Omar number one. I like Omar a lot right now. He's making a lot of moves. I think he's being strategic. He's playing an interesting game. And then, and would he be the first virgin winner? Mm. (laughs) Hmm. And then he probably gets them finally, get married. And then he's got like a longstanding partner. Right. She'd probably finally marry him. I think so. I think he said that. She? Okay. I don't know. I don't don't know know. if they reveal the gender. I don't know what's going on with Omar. Okay. But I do want him to win. Yes. Number two, I'll say Drea. Number three, I guess I'll go with... Mikey boy? Mike. It's tied between Mike and Lindsay. Okay. I hear you. Sorry, K... Nope. KJ's not in this. (laughs) What if KJ did win somehow? That'd be hilarious. I I like, And I like lots of other people, but I don't want Hyde to win for some reason, although I do like him. No, I don't want Romeo to win. I don't want Marianne to win. I wouldn't hate Roxroy winning, I have to say. I don't want want, dad of a Roxroy to win. Dad of a Roxroy? Yeah. What if Roxroy's dad came on the season? Roxroy is always doing the dad thing. He's a dad. He's got dad vibes. I wish we could binge watch this season, though. I'm, like, in the mood to keep going. Dad's Roy rocks dad. Well, with that, you should like, follow, comment, tweet, do all the fucking shit that you should do with a podcast that you listen to. Follow us at INT SurvivorCast. Check out our Whoopi Week coverage. It takes up the full month of April, and we've got all kinds of shit coming out. Absolutely. We've got celebrations for UK coming back to the airs. We'll be doing episode three of UK coming up soon. Yes. And uh, yeah. We're wrapping up our Survivor Australia coverage this weekend. Survivor Australia has come to an end. Yes. So lots of good stuff. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you on episode eight. Bye-bye.